the work week, am I right? But do you know what would make it a little bit better? Doing church on a Sunday and then listening to a podcast about the sermon. Welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Church Collingswood. Each week we'll spend some time unpacking Sunday's sermonics, and we hope that you'll be able to connect a little deeper with the message and the messenger. It's a win, if we can make your work week a little less blue. House lights down. Welcome to the post-Sunday blues, a preaching post-mortem. And you are reanimating yourself, Em, from lots of spreadsheets and studies to join us on this podcast. So thank you yes, for Yes, yes I have. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Give my... us a tidbit about work headspace without revealing uh, any names. I feel like the things that I'm doing right now are confidential. So <laughs> you just want to be... Proprietary. I, I just like... Love it. I just like flush them from my brain so like now you're re-asking me it's hard on i feel like this like the mondays where today is like a monday for me except it's a tuesday because yesterday was the day off yeah i think i'm just in a uh, it's a harder transition to shift to podcasting i don't know when we should podcast like ideally for my brain when when that would be um that would be an interesting question (laughs) (laughs) maybe like at 9 p.m. No, that's not true because I, I feel like I can't talk. I mean, it could be like right after your sermon, like on Sunday afternoon, but that's uh, like when your brain is totally off. So maybe. Uh, eh. I wouldn't be opposed to that. We can talk. <laughs> <laughs> you are so like zoned into like only watching football this weekend. So after, after, I was there even football on Sunday? You had like three meetings and then football. On Sunday night, right. <laughs> so, when would you? All day. When would you have squeezed in a podcast? I feel like um, maybe between meetings three and four, well, two in, and three. In, in retrospect, Monday night starting at eight fifteen p.m. would have been ideal to record a podcast. Yeah, like that has been my what I've been advocating for a while. If we're going to talk sports, like just drop sports. <laughs> It's not worth that emotionally emotional instability. It's um, you could even have it running in the background, like on mute. You could just we could do the running commentary. I feel like there are other podcasts where people but, are doing that. They're checking scores the while cast. talking. Uh, okay. <laughs> Is that a challenge? When's the next? When's the next game? Not for a while. Like next year. Yeah. <laughs> not for a while. Um. You did talk about preaching in Latin, but I get maybe that's a maybe that's for the some other category of mm. podcast. <laughs> Your Latin preaching. Um, anyway, so how are you doing? Doing good. How are we doing today? I I we also did Martin Luther King service project yesterday, which yep. went really well. Yeah. And so I also didn't get my. Full Monday disconnect going too, so we're both uh... because you didn't take a day off. Shocking! <laughs> Jim doesn't believe in taking days off. The rest of the story. <laughs> well, there really isn't much of the story. You just don't take days off when, when um, you when don't take the holidays. It's yeah, a, you it's don't. A tougher week. You that doesn't mean that you... I don't take days off in general. Right, but you don't take federal holidays in general when they fall on a Monday. I wish Which they, are a lot I, of I them. I wish they fell on a Tuesday. <laughs> they could if you wanted to, but they <laughs> don't. <laughs> uh. 
Um, so with the rest of us, you served you served by using your morning at Urban Promise, which was fun. Yeah, it was great. What were you doing? I didn't even ask. I was helping with little kid stuff. I excel at the appearance of usefulness on these. So on you these stood around days. holding a, a hammer. <laughs> In fact, at one point, that's exactly what I did for myself. <laughs> yes. I'm a good Jim. Can you hand me a? <laughs> person <laughs> it's true um i have some tasks <laughs> i think you need a more mediocre handy bed yeah um anyway shout out to good label good uh good ugh, i have i really can't speak today my co- the afternoon coffee that you made me is not like seeped into my bloodstream okay yet. let's lock in okay Hello, audience. Welcome to the Post Sunday Blues. Um, enough of just random talking. Let's jump back into Sunday. Sunday's mm-hmm. sermon was the middle of Colossians. Yeah. Um, and yeah, tell me what your headspace was as you approached this sermon. The headspace was how do people change mm. and can we? So. It seems like that's what Paul is driving at in a polemic way in Colossians chapter 2 into Colossians 3, and also an always relevant question for for us. And often um, the... I'll ask, I'll ask you this. What, what comes first usually the in my sermon writing process? The sermon structure or the sermon intro? Hmm. What comes together first, do you think? I feel like you probably have told me this before, which is why I should know it. But I, I think, I think it's the structure, right? So, before either of those things, I do commentary work and studying, praying, reflecting. So, I usually before I get to an intro or to sermon structure, I have a general idea about what I want the sermon to be about mm-hmm. and where I want it to go. Right. Usually after that comes the intro. Okay. And then I structure out how to do it. This was the opposite. So okay. I had Sanctus, Justus, Victor in my head. And I was thinking about how do I introduce this. When I got came back to the conversation that our neighbor Rich had with, mm-hmm. with this friend about can we change or can we not. But then also the other thing kicking around my head, and I guess this is still call it star- calling it Stormy Monday, <clears throat> How many of us feel exhausted by, hey, you've got this in the new year sort of mm-hmm. sort of stuff? And right. I think we do. Um, you've you've turned over some new habits. You, you've taken advantage so of some I of this usually, January yeah, stuff. So I usually don't but, have that, and I protest very strongly against January New Year things. So yeah. It just kind of collided with, like, actually needing to wean off physical therapy and... Uh, like I can't, I just literally physical can't do stuff. my physical therapy <laughs> unless I joined a gym. Yeah. So I joined a gym. Right. Take uh, advantage of that introductory awesome. January yeah. rate. But I, yeah, but I still like as an Enneagram four to separate myself and say, I'm not doing it for the reasons other people do it. <laughs> it just happens to be January. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, even if we are people that sometimes do occasionally take a January join a gym offer i think there's still some cynicism and exhaustion across the board if we're pitched about 
taking on all of these new habits at the turn of a calendar, does it really do anything or are we just stuck with us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the end of the day? And that's where I wanted to go in this sermon. And I hope the answer is in Jesus, we're not just stuck with us. And that's really good news. Yeah. Um, that is, it does seem timely. Um, and, and I definitely get that. Uh, do you want to jump into Sun Studios? Sure. How, tell us more about this passage then. How, how specifically is this passage talking about change? Yeah. So Paul, I think, is talking less, if I could put it this way, which will give us access into this passage. Paul is talking less about, he's telling the church less about how they can change and more about that they have changed. Mm -hmm. And if in the church at Colossae, there's this pull away from Jesus, who is everything, towards whatever was going on more specifically with this competing worldview and set of behaviors that it'll be fun to get more specific about this coming Sunday, actually. Paul is saying, why are you going back to this brand X when in Jesus something has happened? You have been changed. You're not the same. Therefore, simply act like it. And the, the, the progression of the sermon fits pretty neatly into talking first about sanctification then justification, then Jesus' resurrection victory. Okay, but why the Latin? Why? Because we want to be accessible to <laughs> religious skeptics and seekers, and Latin, Latin is, the way to... <laughs> is the great equalizer. <laughs> okay, liberty, liberty with the I. <laughs> it's, it, it's the lingua franca. Is it <laughs> lingua latina franca. What, what country what country are you speaking to no seriously why the latin Vatican city <laughs> uh well i i'm not above liking a little latin. spice in my headers <laughs> plus latin spice the latin tinge as they say and then also i think it has its own cadence to it instead of sanctification justification victory i actually like how it trips off the tongue instead Sanctus Justus Victor. To me, that actually sounds catchier <laughs> okay. and better. O- okay, Dad. What <laughs> <laughs> a dad joke. <laughs> I could just, I feel like that's, I'm just channeling Clara, but I, uh, she probably liked it, so. <laughs> Sanctus Justus Victor. Um, so, if Sanctus, sanctification, means, Sanctus means holy spirit. Spiritus Sanctus, I mentioned in the sermon, is Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Jesus makes us more holy, more good. He, he renovates us. And at the beginning of the passage, that's what Paul is talking about. Using first the metaphor, the Old Testament image of circumcision. In him you also were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Paul twins together these images first of circumcision bring it forward to a new testament context and then secondly you've been baptized buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of god who raised him from dead from the dead so if circumcision is stripping off of the old and baptism is a sacramental death and then rising paul says this has been you already which I use the term definitive sanctification that I think first came on the scene 
in the t I did a little bit of looking afterwards. I think it's a term from the 20th century theology. One of the old professors at my old stomping grounds, Westminster Seminary, mm -hmm. John Murray, a systematic theologian there. Volume two of his collected works, one chapter on definitive sanctification, another on progressive. Definitive means whenever you come to Christ and however you do. Maybe a common a equivalent term is you're, you're born again. You, you have a new heart. You're given the Holy Spirit in a definitive way. You have been changed, just as circumcision is permanent, and you only need to be baptized once. Similarly, says some people. The says the <laughs> pedo-baptists on this conversation. I was wondering if you would perk up with that. The uh, you you've been changed, so you can't say you can't. And even going back to this introduction about rich telling somebody who's going into new york to live it up with sex drugs and rock and roll hey you believe in jesus you have the holy spirit you can't say you have no choice but to do this you can mm -hmm. as you access the holy spirit's power sure yep and, Sanctus. and then the justice the justification j-u-s-t-u-s -S. so our justification being called just or righteous in Christ is not dependent upon our sanctification, but is a twin grace, a different grace that comes to us from our union with Christ. As Paul says, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Jew or Gentile, we have forfeited due obedience to God the Creator and Jesus paid that debt on the cross. And by believing in him, we are made just. So we get both. It's like two barrels of a shotgun going back to our Texas days or twin lanes on a highway filled with electric vehicles. The, <laughs> you know, it's related to being coastal elites, what, whichever one. The, the two lane, two primary lanes of blessing from believing in Jesus and being united with him were sanctified, including definitively, and then also were justified, called righteous. One so does it, not depend uh, on yeah, the other. I just, it's like confusing a little bit because like your definitive sanctification thing mm -hmm. sounds like justification oh, to me. Good. So like, oh, good. <laughs> not that you That's your answer. Good, good to talk about more. So that doesn't, it like, I like definitive like how is definitive sanctification different than justification because i would think that and then what is non-definitive sanctification that's just the process right like yeah. the process by which you're becoming justified i don't know oh uh, no so that's very good to, to ask the question so there are two distinctions to make one between sanctification and justification so sanctification is internal organic renovation change. and change and then that's to be distinguished with justification which happens apart from anything being changed inside of us it's a judicial verdict laid upon us so if i'm sitting in a so it's a courtroom image mm -hmm. for justification if i'm sitting in a courtroom as a defendant and a jury and judge pronounce an innocent verdict upon me that's something that's placed Definitive, upon me. I'm right. not, I'm not it, changed yeah. internally either way. But 
sanctification when the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a believer that is an internal change when it's us that's being moved into a different place Mm -hmm. so the because grace is grace all the way through it's not my being changed that's the basis of my justification being called righteous it's Jesus righteousness upon me like what Paul says in this passage he canceled the record of debt so judicial not organic okay but then there is the distinction to be made between definitive and I mentioned this very briefly and progressive sanctification so the overall process and progress of our becoming more like Jesus that's the progressive sanctification element, which does flow out of our definitive sanctification. But it's more up and down. And one thing that I did want to qualify in the sermon, I did a tiny bit. I, we can't say we can't, but, and we know a lot of people, and we ourselves have sins in our life that we struggle with over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. That relates to the progressive sanctification aspect. So we are definitively sanctified with a new principle of righteousness inside of us for change. That doesn't mean that everything is immediately and forever made right. better. So we need both. Uh, for those that are discouraged by how the one step up, two steps back of becoming like Jesus, remember that in addition to that progressive process, which can seem, hopefully over time, we do become more like Jesus, but it's a lot of steps forward and steps back remember that there is a definitive aspect to it but on the flip side don't just say i'm born again i have the holy spirit therefore everything needs to be automatically changed and better you're forgetting the progressive aspect Mm -hmm. so you need both sanctus and justice sanctification and justification and you also need to apprehend definitive and progressive sanctification so you're asking the right questions to say how do these things <laughs> yeah. relate to one another. I'm not but. totally on board with the distinction between definitive sanctification and justification. Well, but I'll let I'll let I'll let you have it. Okay. <laughs> well, I would simply commend to you the Westminster Confession of Faith. Is <laughs> bedroom. The, wait, the Westminster that, Confession has distinctive sanctification yeah there's a chapter on sanctification there's a chapter on justification Uh and talks about how they're different (laughs) because you asked (laughs) okay there you go we might move on to muddying the water christmas victor (laughs) with some studios presence of the lord just briefly Uh jesus is resurrected he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing there's that victorious dimension over them in him so you might say that part of our victory in christ is sanctification part of our victory in christ is justification Uh, but victory in christ is wider and broader than both of those things and don't forget that we have victory in jesus which is the bottom line or at least another reason is to say we can't say that we can't Uh change and will for god once again Love it. You're grinning. I'm feeling like you're not trying to say that you're like leaning towards going to Catholicism, are you? Like where you're just like. None of this that I've been saying. (laughs) No, just the Latin part. (laughs) Oh, okay. You're just so happy with Latin. If if, if there could be. So there's Latin mass Catholics. If there could be 
Latin Let. liturgy Protestants. Oh, that man. That might be my jam. Yeah. Low church mm-hmm. Latin. Yeah. All over it. Okay, that's all I got for Presence of the Lord, baby. Um, you could teach Latin at Collingswood High School. They they eliminated it because the migration of a third that, Latin teacher. That is true. <laughs> I that could, could be, be your I could place. be the Mr. Drago for <laughs> Collingswood Public Schools. Arm wrestle hair rollers. And sunny cest. <laughs> um, mudding the waters. We already know that it was fun to construct uh, the sermon with Latin mm-hmm. text. Um, yeah, it writes itself after you get the Latin headers. Yeah, what else? What was challenging about it? giving a credible, building a credible biblical case for not only how people can change, but then also hopefully giving some encouragement that you can. Mm -hmm. So if I use the image in the sermon of the Lincoln Tunnel about how this guy is like, hey, I'm going into New York to do things that I shouldn't do. Lincoln Tunnel's right here. I'm trying to make my hands not take this exit, Mm -hmm. but they are. And just as this guy turned around, so there was the little callback at the end of the sermon to finish the story that I know people love. Because when I went back to the story, giving the end of the story at the end of the sermon that I talked about at the beginning of the sermon, I hope at least some people said to themselves, Hey, Jim was talking about that at the beginning of the sermon. I think he just concluded the story. That's right, I did. You're hilarious. (laughs) And... Uh, yeah, what are our Lincoln Tunnel moments where we can access the power of the Holy Spirit already given to us to say, I don't need to give in to this temptation just because I have before or just because it feels really powerful. The Spirit is more powerful than that. Mm -hmm. So wanting Christians to say, hey, there's more power for change than I might otherwise realize already. That's Mm -hmm. what Paul is saying in Colossians, not you can change as much as you have been changed already. And then also for skeptics and Christians having skeptical thoughts, if you don't have the Holy Spirit to help you change, what do you have? And to me, and this isn't only my reconfiguring or summarizing in a different way is what I hear from the progressive secular West. I think it's explicitly what the answer is. What do you have? What resources do you have to change? You. Mm-hmm. A lot of you. A ton of you. And that's all you need to just dig down deeper and find the truth within yourself and change within yourself if you eliminate other voices besides yourself. I think that's not good news, but does, bad news. Yeah, it doesn't seem to work. <laughs> right. And that's, that's why we get exhausted Most at the, of the beginning time. of of every new year when it's like, hey, you, you can do this. The, the gospel in good news and bad news to us says, what if we can't? Mm-hmm. But but there's something bigger outside of us that, that, that we can hook into. So yeah, thinking through that. And then also as it relates to the, so that's the Sanctus piece, we can mm-hmm. change. Um, I think the justice piece, justification, what do we do with guilt? That that relate even though that's forensic and courtroom, not organic, as we were talking about just a minute ago, um, I think justification relates to how we can change and say no to temptation and be different people. Uh, I mentioned in the sermon, don't let don't don't let your sin vilify you, run into vilification where sometimes if we just live in guilt, what's a little bit more messing up? Mm-hmm. Or if we live in guilt I'm just worthless anyway. 
so I'll just keep not caring about trying to be a different and better version of myself, a more obedient to Jesus version. Justification actually says that's a lie. You're forgiven, you're, you're, you're considered new in Jesus, therefore don't keep going, you don't need to keep going back to this filth because you're already considered clean by virtue of your justification. Sure. And then there was finally joining the victory parade where we talked about Ugh. how great it was <laughs> after the 2017 season uh -huh. to join in the victory parade, which the Eagles graciously shared with us. I, yeah. <laughs> Our son Josiah was at the Eagles Victory Super Bowl Parade yes, with him. Yes, he was. I think he would consider that one of the highlights of his life so far. <laughs> as I would mine. <laughs> and all because the Eagles won a Super Bowl and uh -huh. we share in that victory. So <clears throat> how much more should we share in the victory of Jesus if we get so excited about a uh, fat but super strong guy, Jason Kelsey, dressed like a clown, saying, this is for I you. I spent so much of my life, my growing up, annoyed at pastors who were giving football illustrations. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I would say you would at least admit that I, that I give my football illustrations with a little more irony, wouldn't, uh -huh. wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, you came from... You know, there's no irony in the football. There's just football. I suppose. Okay. Good. <laughs> we're Especially given, I guess, the fact that you were, um, you're, you really have given up this year on. I trashed my own team. <laughs> I predicted that I would preach in Latin if they would win, but I, they won't. So I, th I think we're on the same page here. <laughs> we solved many Okay. Speaking of pages, are we ready to. Tie up. Did you have any last, last, uh, please, last calls? The Barband Cover Tunes? Sure. So, mentioned Romans 6, which is a key passage as it relates to sanctification. You can even go back. Romans chapters 3 to 5 is a lot about sanctification, then Romans 6 and 7, justification, and then Romans 6 and 7 is a lot about sanctification. Um, our, we have been set free from sin in Christ, Romans 6, which Rich used with this guy on the turnpike. I was going to quote Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry, Dry Bones from Ezekiel 37, but the sermon was going too long, so I just <coughs> reiterated, retold the story of the Dry Bones rising living and, and rising up as a picture of definitive sanctification. Mm -hmm. And then it was fun to quote Toni Morrison an author and that we have both read with appreciation sure. speaking about grace in an unguarded way Toni Morrison her body trembled for redemption salvation a mysterious rebirth that would simply happen with no effort on her part and I, I said I as a theological truth does this go too far salvation redemption rebirth with no effort on our part mm -hmm. and there are there's a Helen Wolf, I won't say who because it didn't come through the postsundayblues at gmail.com portal that mentioned to me after the sermon and then emailed my personal account, jim at liberty.org this week, to give me a 
Flannery O'Connor quote mm-hmm. talking about when <coughs> there's when there's a disconnect between author and audience, the author must overstate in order to get attention. <laughs> okay. Then, have you read Flannery O'Connor? I have, uh, as this Helen Wolf knows, I have not. I this feel like, Helen yeah, Wolf keeps like a, wanting I me see. to read Flannery O'Connor. You should. You should. That's, that's actually a contender to read with Jesse. I think she might like it, okay. too. Okay. Southern mm. Gothic. The, the, I'm open to reading Flannery O'Connor, and I probably should. She's not quite in the C.S. Lewis, J.R. She's not at all. <laughs> of like being the... so quoted by pastors yeah. that I don't need to read. So she's, yeah basically she's like not even in, in the, the same genre <laughs> like i mean not, totally different not, author. not the genre the, same but i don't i feel like i feel like even pastors don't really quote her maybe like i don't know maybe like, it's me and i think too much Tim Keller. Yeah, I, I don't even know what you're talking about um you also quoted well, jennifer egan yeah Have, did you ever read visit from the goon squad no is it on your kindle or is it floating around our uh, house it's actually first fiction book that i ever read on my kindle yeah in 2011 so you, you, you have access it to it okay. I, I read another book by egan that i didn't like as much i've seen one floating around and uh oh manhattan beach I think yeah that's what her. i've that's I, what I never, I've seen that was a gift around. to us i've never read that one um <laughs> you do not like one being... <laughs> what no, no nothing i didn't say anything <laughs> You said what I think you said. <laughs> you don't like when true. other people give you recommendations. Oh, I didn't think you were saying that. I, um, I was saying that I, te- I feel yeah. like you tend to like just reject them. <laughs> I always have my own list of books to read. It's hard to introduce others into that work. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> thought you were saying something else. That's fine. Uh, any Ooh. other... Any other... So pillow talking, no, uh, just guitar slim pickings, a little pillow talk. About. Right. (laughs) What are we even talking about? Uh, Was it last night when there was a little pillow talk about, hey, would you actually preach a sermon in Latin? Oh. And I said, well, with the Eagles losing, I'm disappointed that I won't get the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the plan would have been... I didn't say I'd preach a sermon on Sunday morning in Latin, but if the Eagles had won the Super Bowl, I would have this year. videoed me preaching a sermon in Latin. Probably not writing it from scratch, but... Just translating an existing sermon? No, I would have Googled for sermons in Latin. Wait, like just read someone else's sermon? Yeah. Or going back to like one of the that does ancient not church count. fathers, like that, John Chrysostom. That does not uh, count. Does Sermon not count. Does Latin. not count. Does not count. I preach other people's sermons before in English. Always with attribution. Do you think you're going to become a New Year's Eve Grinch? Yes. Are you already? No comment. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say? Could I just say, and with that? <laughs> Go on. And with that, how was it? That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy. Happy.